All right, if you want to find your seat. Yeah, I'll tell you, there's nothing better than, than what we just did. Um, man, being able to send someone who God's been working on and, and just uh, transforming and, and uh, just to see God send people into mission. There's nothing more exciting for me than that. And so, um, Josh, we're so pumped for you, man. Like, we'll be praying for you. And we'll, uh, we'll expect at least 30 minutes when you get back home, okay? So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, um, we're in a, before I get into the message today, let me, uh, let me pray. God, thank you so much again for uh, today and, and all that you, you're doing. Lord, thank you for this season. Um, God, we're, you're not just sending Josh, but you're sending us um, back into the regular swing of life. Um, God, whether it's school or work or home, whatever, God, you've called us all. You're sending us all. And so, Lord, we just praise you for that, God, and we thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, this week and next week, we're going to talk about community in the church uh, in a series that we've done before called More Than Sunday, um, but we're we always take a, a different spin on it, but it's so important to talk about what the church is and why we're here and, and what community is all about. Um, this is not just a plug to get you into home groups, although I, I pray and hope that you consider it. Um, that's not really uh, what we're trying to do. We're trying to paint a picture for what the church is is about and what's our role in it like the big macro picture we're trying to we're trying to, to to go up and see what god is wanting from us as as part of his church with a church that he loves by the way god loves his church and so that's actually what we're going to talk about today a call to love the church um we are not called to just gather once a week we're called to be the church 24-7. We're the community of God. We're the family of God, not just on one experience a week, but, but throughout the week. And so for the last couple of years, we've had more than Sunday as, as part of a challenge, that you would be the church not just on Sunday, that it would not just be isolated to a, a, a once-a-week experience, but that you would actually see yourself as the church, as, as God's family, as God's people. Church is not uh, just an experience that we take in. Uh, it's, it's who we are. And so this series, as much as anything else, is all about identity. It's who we are. We are the church, and we are called to each other. We're not called to isolation. Uh, we're called to share in the life of Christ together and serve his kingdom. We're called to go through highs and lows together, and we're called to love, and that's what we're talking about today. So last year, in our home group, we got together and decided to go through the book of Hebrews. And as we were going through that, um, one verse in particular during our whole time talking through the book of Hebrews stood out to me. And I want to share that verse and why it stood out. Um, this is Hebrews uh, 3.12. It says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And I got to tell you, I read that verse, and the one word that stood out to me more than any was the word daily. Encourage one another daily. Like, if we're only experiencing encouragement when we, sh when we roll up to church on Sunday, like, we're missing the other six days, right? We are called to encourage one another daily. So what? So that we don't have a doubting, unbelieving heart. 
that our hearts don't become hard. And as I thought about this, uh, part of me grieved inside, asking, are we doing this? Are we encouraging each other daily? Are we in that type of community that is a daily community? Or I felt this way as a pastor, am I failing people? Right? Because God calls us to, it, 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 to daily encourage. And so just go over maybe your week and think, okay, who have I encouraged this week? Or who has encouraged me? It's an important question. God wants us to encourage and be encouraged as his church. We are not better off alone. We are not better off alone. We are not better off in our own isolated unit. God designed us for deep community and encouragement. That's how we stay in the game. That's how we stay serving him, is through this daily encouragement. That's how we fend off disbelief and doubt. Uh, that's what it says in Hebrews. And so my message today is that you need the church. You need the church, meaning the family of God. Not that you need more church, not that you need more Sunday services. You need the church. You need the people of God. You need the church in all of its imperfections. Because when I say you need the church, it might bring up a lot of things about how church might not have been such a great experience in your life in the past. And I think the church in general is trying to make sense of where we are post-pandemic. There's studies that say like 50% of the nation has stopped attending church since the pandemic. And you have to wonder like, okay, where is everybody? <laughs> right? Where'd they go? Where, where are people? And, and there's a lot of speculation. You know, this could be a reason. Kerry Newhoff said this recently. He said, um, Pastor, your competition is not the church down the street. It's the beach on a sunny day. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe that's true. Especially in Blaine, because we have a beach, right? Like, that might, that might be true. And the point of this series is not to say, to get you to come to church. It's actually like, hey, we're supposed to do more, right? Saying more than Sunday. I didn't name this series instead of Sunday, though, okay? So I said more than Sunday. Um, and I'm not here to complain about where we're at as a church culture, because I do think God is doing something in his church right now. I do think that the church in general is going through a time of refining. At least that's my hope, right? Is that God is refining his church. But here's my question this morning. Is our involvement in the life of the church optional? Is our involvement in the life of the church optional? Like, do we get to pick and choose what we want out of the church and ignore the rest? Do we pick what we like, or are we really, like, loving the church? Does it go deeper than that? We're going to be in 1 Peter 4 today, but before, but, but before we do, let me just reiterate, the message today, and 1 Peter will speak to this, is that we are just called to love the church. That's simple. Like, if you want the message, that's it. Just love the church. Love the church. This is what uh, 1 Peter 4 is going to tell us, more than anything, we need to love the church. And again, you might be here today, and you might be disappointed in the church in general, right? Even disgusted with the church, right? There are a lot of, I would speculate, and I'd say there's a lot of reasons why I hear people aren't engaging with the church. Either it's too political or not political enough, or it's, 
it's too heavy on justice or it's not heavy on justice enough or it's too consumeristic or it's not meeting my family's needs you know or the church isn't following through on what it preaches or too many pastors are narcissists right this is stuff that people are talking about today and you know what some of that all of that may be true may be true but the new testament tells us to love the church anyway still love the church those things may be true in some ways but the church is still the bride of christ it's still the bride of christ and god's call on our lives isn't to dismiss the church or criticize the church or opt out we are called to love the church not just a little but a whole lot so let's see what, what Peter says. This is 1 Peter 4, uh, verses 7 through 11. We're going to read it together. It says this, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be, may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is church loving one another, sharing our gifts, right? This is what it's supposed, the word church isn't even in here, but this is what it's supposed to look like, right? Loving one another, serving one another, being stewards of whatever God has given you. I love how it says stewards of God's varied grace. It means we're all wired differently, and that's what God wanted. God wanted us to be wired differently. If any of you are with us, Way back when we, way back with Josh, way back when we planted, we actually did a series on First Peter. If you remember it, we talked about how First Peter is all about hope, right? It's giving hope to people who are suffering, looking ahead to the, the second coming of Christ, uh, living um, with the hope of, of, of heaven and all that God has, it has planned for us, and all of our hope anchors in Jesus. And so that's what First Peter is about as a whole. And it tells us how we should live in light of our hope in Jesus. Um, so this starting statement kind of tips to that. It says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. So Peter's telling the church to live with urgency. The end of all things is at hand. And you might say, see that and be like, well, okay, but he's, that was like 2,000 years ago, right? And, and the end didn't come yet. And so I think the, what we need to keep in mind is that Jesus is coming. That promise is still, uh, still being kept. Peter also said uh, to God, a day is like a 1,000 years and a 1,000 years is like a day. So um, he said that. Um, but we need to keep in mind that our end is at hand, right? Our time is short. We're not supposed to be lounging, waiting for God to come back. Um, that our end is at hand. So we actually need to live 
really intentionally and deliberately for what God wants us to do, right? I remember the first time I ever stood in a cemetery. And I was nine years old. I was at my great-grandma's funeral. She lived to be 101, which I'm hoping, man, that'd be great to get those genes. Um, but I remember being nine and standing around and looking at the headstones and thinking like, man, each of these represent a story. You know, each of these represent a life. And it's the first time as a kid where I got a sense of my own mortality. Like, life is short. You know, churches used to have churchyards. Imagine this. Churches used to have churchyards. So when you walk into the church, you, you walk past headstones. You have a reminder of the, the, the brevity of life. You have a reminder of, of, man, I really have to make this moment count because I don't know how much time that I have. And uh, Peter says, because we're looking at the end, before we stand before the presence of God, we have to live intentionally. He uses the words self-controlled and sober-minded. So for the sake of our prayers, so that God hears our prayers. He says, be self-controlled. So don't, don't uh, spend your life looking for different things to keep you distracted or the different pleasures of life. Don't waste your time on those things. Be self-controlled. We know how uh, too much of a good thing can take our, our uh, attention and, and, and life in a different direction or too much of a bad thing, right? Um, be sober-minded. Live with the greater purpose in mind, right? We're, one day you will be in the presence of God. What, God has eternity planned out for you. Live with that in mind, not just this temporary life. It's so easy to lose sight of the big picture. Jesus talked about, gave so many stories about people who were just distracted, too distracted to follow him. He talked about a, a landowner who was so caught up in his work and building bigger barns that he neglected his soul. He talked about a wealthy man who was constantly feasting but neglecting the, the poor, starving man outside of his gate. He talked about many people who were invited to the Lord's banquet, but they all had different excuses why they couldn't come. And so it says he went out to the highways and byways and just gathered whoever would come to come and sit at his table. Distraction is a real thing, right? And, and Jesus connects wealth to distraction a lot in Scripture. You know, we have to watch out for our, um, our, where our minds are at. It says stay sober-minded, stay focused. Time is short. There's a mission at hand. So after that, after that big setup, you wonder where Peter is going, and he says this, Above all, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Above anything else, at the top of your list, you should be loving each other earnestly. And he says, since love covers a multitude of sins. So in light of the, the brevity of life, in light of the, the moment that you've been given, love each other earnestly. That word earnestly is this Greek word, ektenes. It can be translated constantly or strenuously. Uh, the image is actually of like a runner preparing for a race and, and stretching out and, and like getting ready for some endurance, right? Getting ready for some work. So he's saying like be focused in your love, right for each other be willing to um to love strenuously right to to strain to serve 
to test your physical limits, right? There's, there's sort of that sense. It's not casual. It's focused. It's concentrated. It's intentional. And so if I ask you this morning, who are you intentionally investing in as a follower of Christ? Do you have a name? If I ask you, who, who are you intentionally investing in? Who are you, you could use the word discipling, who are you going to bat for? Who are you, like, fighting for? God wants us to be intentionally investing in each other, using our gifts for the, the, the church, meaning the people of God, right? Above all, love each other earnestly. The thing is, Peter is just echoing what Jesus taught him, right? Peter's image of love is his actual relationship with Jesus, right? He saw Jesus. He knew Jesus. And there is a scene in the Last Supper in John 13 where Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So there's a connection there, right? Love one another. People will know that you're a Christ follower if you love one another well. That's as simple as it gets. Love for each other is something that, the, the great thing is that love isn't something that is fuzzy for, for Jesus. Uh, Jesus actually modeled it for us. We actually have a model of what that love should look like. There's a lot of fuzziness when it comes to the word love today, right? Like, I, I don't know, I could go through song after song and, you know, whatever. There's a lot of fuzziness about what, what love is. But the beauty of, of Jesus is that he, he, he demonstrated love. He didn't just define it, he demonstrated it. He gave us a model, like, hey, if you want to love someone well, just do what I do. Just do what I do. He's like... He's like, the, he's like the, the master, and we're the apprentice, and we get to follow how Jesus loved other people. So we come, we come to this uh, line where Peter says, love covers a multitude of sins. And you, you may have heard that line before, right? That's a pretty famous line, but it's also a little confusing. Like, what does, what does he mean by that? What does he mean that love covers a multitude of sins? Does that mean that we earn forgiveness through loving other people? If That can't really be what it means, because that would be go against like the rest of the New Testament, because uh, God's love is a gift to us that we're transformed by. We don't earn God's love. We also don't earn God's forgiveness. So what does it mean? Um, I like how William Barclay he made this point that there's, without a shadow of a doubt, God's love covers a multitude of sins, right? God's love covers a multitude of sins. The cross covered your sin and my sin. This isn't our love covering other people's sins. This is God's love covering all of our sin. We get to live in an environment where we all have received forgiveness. That's freedom. We've all received forgiveness. Uh, we've all been set free from the, the, the pain and the hurt that that sin creates, we're actually covered in forgiveness. God's love has covered our community with this really awesome thing called grace. And we get to have grace for each other, 
right? We get to be patient with each other. We don't have to hold each other uh, to the law and say, you failed, right? We, we get to actually encourage each other to grow and find forgiveness and freedom in Christ. Because Christ died, we don't have to be perfect before we join a community, right? We don't have to be perfect. We can, we, we can grow alongside our brothers and sisters. But we are called to, to be in community. We are called to love. We are called to submit uh, to Christ's reign and rule in our lives and in, in the lives of his people. So, so let's keep going here. It, it says, uh, Peter says, here's, I love this too because, you know, first of all, we talked about love being fuzz, a fuzzy word. So Peter goes from like real big, like love everybody to real practical. He says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. I don't know if that was just something going on in that church or just the church in general. It's like, you whiners, just come on, just love each other. You know, invite the guy you don't like to the barbecue. I don't know. I don't know what was going on there, but Peter goes from above all, love everyone to, you know, just stop complaining, please, about showing hospitality. But I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a good word, right? What is, what is hospitality, right? Hospitality is welcome. How are we welcoming people into our space, into our lives? Are we generous? Is our house a, a fun place to hang out, a loving place to hang out? Right? How does God call us to hospitality? Right? Specifically, what ways are we welcoming people into the family of God? I think the biggest thing I get here, showing hospitality without grumbling, is, you know, don't love out of obligation. You know, it's not what it's about. If, I, if, the, if the feeling you get today is like, well, I really got to love people because that's what God wants me to do. Like, we're kind of missing it, you know. <laughs> Let God's love like flow out, right? Flow out into love for other people. It's like you, you experience God's love first and then that goes out. First um, John 4, 19, one of my favorite verses says, we love because he first loved us. Pretty, pretty simple. So Peter breaks that down. And he says, "Stop grumbling," <laughs> uh, which is great. I love that. Company should be a joy, and that's what Peter gets. So, um, so Peter goes next to to talk about our gifts and how we we all have gifts. He says, "As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace." Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be, may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So, let's break this down a little bit. The first line is, as each has received a gift. So you know what that means? You have a gift, and you have a gift, and you have a gift. Um, that's a bad Oprah impression, but I don't really do impressions. All right, I don't, I just, I'm not, I'm not there. But you, you all have a gift, whether you want to believe that or not. Like, God has put something in you that he wants you to, to bless the church with, right? God has given you something, a calling, a gifting that he wants you to bless the church with. He didn't leave anybody out um, of the, the, 
of the assigning gifts. Like, he gave everybody a gift. He has a unique call on everyone's life that's supposed to serve the church and bring glory to God. That's what our gifts are for. They're to serve the church and bring glory to God. And the great thing, I love that word varied. Like, they don't all look the same, nor should they. You know, sometimes churches divide on, like, gifting, and I think that's so wrong, right? We're all, we all have received different gifts, and how beautiful is it that we could be a really diverse group of people with diverse passions and, and diverse uh, callings, and it all bring glory to God, and we choose to do that together, right? That's, that's a beautiful picture of community. That's the unity of the Spirit, right? When we don't have to, when, our, when the only common interest you may have with someone is Jesus, right? That's pretty awesome. I always thought, go with me on this, okay? I always thought church should look a little bit like the Muppets. Anybody with me on this? Okay, just go with me. The Muppets are a really weird group of puppets, right? And they all do really different things. Not so well, but it's funny, right? I'm not saying that we, we'll do, we do everything great. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that they're a bunch of, like, oddballs that God, not God, but, like, that, you know, that are put together, right? And, and it's sort of like the church. Like, this love just kind of binds us together and all our different interests and passions and things that we do to serve the kingdom of God. We're just kind of bound together by the love and grace of God as a church. You know, we, God didn't intend for the church to be a few people doing significant things and then everybody else supports them. Like, we all have a gift, right? We all have something to offer. And the older I get, I, get, I realize more the gifts that I have and more importantly, the gifts I don't have, all right? I realized that I actually don't have the gift of mercy. You know why? Because my wife does, and so I get to see what it looks like for real. Uh, I try sometimes, you know, but my wife, I'm married to someone who has this amazing gift of mercy. Like, I can teach, I can, I can mentor, I can do those things, but there's a lot that I can't do. I thought I had the gift of service until I met people who actually had the gift of service, right? And so, my point is, there are no spiritual MacGyvers, you know? There are no spiritual Swiss army knives that can do it all. Like, God created the church to be dependent on all the different parts and pieces, right? So there isn't one person or a few people that can do everything, right? They, they have, uh, you know, there's, um, we're supposed to depend on each other because instead of trying to pretend like we have that gift, we should just be hanging out with people who do have that gift, right? Instead of pretending that... I'm a very, you know, I have the gift of mercy. Like, I just need to hang out with my wife and she, see what she's doing, right? So community is where we discover our gifting and calling. Like, community is where it happens. Community is when someone can, can look at your life and say, you know, I think God has wired you for this. Encouragement or whatever it may be. I see this gift in you. And as much as I like to talk about the big vision for the church— Man, there's a lot of visions that God has put on people's hearts in this room, right? 
God has called us all to uh, like a vocation and a, and a calling, like a specific way to connect and bless the community. It's so awesome to partner with Josh. Like God put that vision on Josh's heart, right? We get to celebrate and, and say we're for you and send him, which is which just pretty awesome. So getting back to the gifts, Peter says, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. So we're supposed to use these gifts to serve one another, to, to, uh, to add value to each other's lives and to bring glory to God, right? Our gifts are supposed to be used in service, not in self-promotion, right? That's really important. We're not supposed to bring glory to ourselves through our gifts. We're supposed to bring glory to God in our gifts. So this is, this is anti-consumer thinking, right? I have a gift that I'm supposed to support others in. I love how Eugene Peterson, he was asked, like, hey, how do I find the right church? And you know what he said? He said, pick one and stay there. <laughs> he said, pick one and stay there. That's how you find the right church. Because it, we, we think about, what does this have to offer me? Do I like these people? He's just saying, find a group of people who you can serve and love and bless. Right? I, I love that um, Peter gives two different examples here about, like, I, I would say almost categories of giftings. He talks about uh, speakers, and he talks about servers. People who speak and people who serve. So people, I would say this could be someone who's more verbal with the way that they serve the church, right? The gift of encouragement, mentorship, discipleship, evangelism, sharing the gospel. Those are, those are more verbal gifts. It could be for, for a young mom, it could be the gal who's sending you an encouraging text message midday, right? When you're struggling with kids. Others might be more gifted with their hands. They might be gifted to serve. It might be the guy who's willing to fix your car in your driveway. It might be uh, the couple that's willing to provide childcare to a single mom, right, who just needs some, needs some help. So God has designed the, the speakers and the servers to all be in one community together, to all know each other and be connected enough to, to serve each other. This is a great thing about the church. It doesn't depend on you right? You are a part. You're not the whole. That's, there's freedom in that. There's freedom in not having to be everything to everyone, but to know who you are and to do what God's called you to do really, really well. There are a lot of problems in the world, and we can feel really easily overwhelmed all, by all the problems and that we have to fix them all. There's a lot of problems in blame, right? But you know what? God gave us each other to, to be a light in a dark world, you know, we don't have to fix all the problems in the world. We just have to do what God's called us to do um, with all of our heart. So that's, that's freeing. So here's, as we close today, here's, here's my main point. Um, discovering your purpose starts with loving God's church. I think we all want to know, like, what is my purpose? What is my calling? And it starts with loving God's church. Right? It starts with discovering who we are in community. Uh, it starts with being a coal in the fire. If you take a coal outside of the fire, it's not going to stay hot for very long. If you put a coal in the fire, it will stay hot, right? It starts by being in the community. 
in and when we talk about the church it's again it's not just an uh, once a week experience it's everyday relationship it's everyday relationship with god's people it's everyday encouragement and so here's my question as we close this is sort of our our action step um who will you intentionally invest in at ctk blank is it a, a group some people like who are you going to focus on intentionally investing in calling during the week checking in on right and i would encourage you um to to even take a step outside of the obvious candidates think about you you probably have a friend group and you could think about man who who doesn't have that friend group right who's not in a circle who's not who's not connected who can i reach out to who can i invite in and that's also what home groups are about it's they're about inviting in right and walking with so it home groups are just one place to get started uh, my goal this year I would love, and this is, this is my goal, um, this is my hope, my pr- I would say my prayer, because I don't want to, like, if it doesn't happen, then it's like, well, okay, you know, um, just fire me, get me out of here, <laughs> missed my goal, but I would love by the end of the year to see a hundred people in intentional community at CTK Blank. I would love to see a hundred people. Yeah, thanks, all right, that was good. <laughs> But that's what I would love to see by the end of the year. Like, we're just getting started. We've got a few groups going, but um, we've also got some things coming down the pike, like Alpha. Um, we're looking at starting a group uh, for uh, fathers and, and just different, diff- different ideas we have going on that we're trying to get started in January. But my goal is, hey, by the end of this school year, uh, I, oh, yeah, I, okay, by the end of the school year, there we go. I'm giving myself five more months. Um, <laughs> There we go. Um, by the end of the school year, I'd love to see 100 people in intentional community. And so that's going to take all of us loving the church, loving our neighbor, inviting, welcoming, showing hospitality without grumbling. Thanks, Peter. Um, you know, doing that, pursuing one another, encouraging each other, challenging each other. And, and I submit myself to that, too. So... Uh, Let's pray that God would grow our love for each other, grow the unity, and help us to invite and welcome others into it. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for uh, this community and just the, the, the love and faithfulness that we've seen here over the last four years. And God, you have a purpose in that. And Lord, you've, you've put us here in this time and this place to reach this city, this community. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us welcoming hearts. Lord, I pray that you would help us to love the church. Lord, that doesn't mean that we don't correct at times. But, Lord, that means that we, we at, at our core, we love and we want to see the church flourish. So, God, I pray that you would give that for each of us. Make us resilient. God, make us faithful. And, Lord, more than anything, overflow God the love through the Holy Spirit God let it pour out of our hearts into others lives we ask this in Jesus name amen well you you guys can stand Ricky's going to close us uh, this morning Um, if you fill out those cards you can also drop those in the box um, and or just talk to me I'd love to connect with you Um, but yeah let's close in